Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Welcome to this episode. It's episode 45 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and we're going to be continuing in our series in Proverbs, and we're really getting a lot about uh, learning how to wisely live life. So we encourage you to be sure, share with your friends, come and listen, link the podcast, do all the things you need to do to get them to be listening and be a, a part um, Pastor Tommy, you know, the sexual revolution's also uh, been associated with the 60s and the 70s. But I was not around then. I wasn't e- Well, I was, but I don't remember it. My mom <laughs> kept me out of that stuff. She Good. made sure that I didn't get, I didn't even know what was going on. Uh, I didn't even know, for instance, what, um, uh, what is that thing they did at the farm? I can't, uh, Woodstock? Woodstock. I didn't know what that was uh, until I, much later in life. Hmm. But anyway, we're now facing a lot of the, the catastrophic results of all that yeah. now. And uh, those were our parents and grandparents, and my grandparents wouldn't even let, let me use the term, any kind of terms. So, like, I couldn't tell that somebody was pregnant. You know, I couldn't say that word. Hmm. And exactly, it was really strange. But really, things have changed in 50 years, and what used to be hidden in, you know, in the dark are now celebrated in family movies. And so uh, it makes me wonder, how do we get here? Uh, has God really given us any direction in his word? And is it even reasonable to think we can keep ourselves pure in, in what has become a sexually saturated world? Yeah, yeah. Man, this is going to be an interesting topic, and we're, we're in the midst of this series uh, through Proverbs, looking what Proverbs says about uh, different issues and different topics. And, man, Proverbs speaks a lot mm-hmm. about sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so today we're going to take a dive into Proverbs and see what it says. And so if you're listening and you have a— Small children around. This episode is probably going to be a little bit more PG, uh, so you might want to uh, listen to this later on when your children are not around. Maybe you want to listen with your children. That's that's up to you. But but uh, we are going to dive into this subject because it's really interesting what Proverbs says, and not only interesting, but it's really helpful that that you know uh, Proverbs, not only Proverbs but the entire Bible lays out a very clear sexual ethic that mm-hmm. we as followers of Jesus need to know and need to follow. So, Trent, let me ask you this: as, sure. you, as you think back over the course of your life. What's been the most destructive sight you have ever seen? Destructive sight. Yeah, the thing you saw something that was just really destructive. Well, it was after Hurricane Hugo yeah. when I woke up and everything was upside down. Trees were down everywhere. Buildings were collapsed. Houses were collapsed. It was uh, you know water everywhere, fish everywhere. Downtown Charleston. Uh, mm. I mean, that was where I wo- how I woke up the next morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was really bad. That's, I went. I went. Um, my boys and I we had the opportunity to go fishing on Friday with a member of our church. Mm-hmm. He took us out in his boat, went up the Cooper River there in the Monk's Corner area, and you know Monk's Corner just had a tornado come through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I we did. Uh, we were in the boat. We rode past the area where the tornado came through and we saw we saw some of the wow. destruction of that we saw you know a, a, a home site where a house used to sit and now it's completely gone and, and tornadoes are amazing right because they just kind of cut right through and mm-hmm. you'll have one house over here that 
is fine and the house next door is completely gone and it's just really weird how they work right and so that was you know my boys saw that destruction up close because mm-hmm. you know when i lived in new orleans during hurricane katrina my boys weren't alive then right. they hadn't yet been born so that's the first time they had seen that kind of destruction uh and I, I remember hurricane katrina much like hugo just the destructive nature and just everywhere you look there was destruction you couldn't get around it that's right man it, it is it's something i mean to see a, a tor- the effects of a tornado or the effects of a hurricane uh, just the power of nature and how destructive the mm-hmm. winds and the rains can be. Uh, so, so if you think about it, you know, a natural disaster it can destroy your stuff. Yes, right. It does destroy your stuff. Yeah. But a sexual disaster can destroy your soul. Mm. Right? Wow. And, and that's what what Solomon is showing us in Proverbs: how destructive sexual sin can be. And, and Trey, you, you like me, you've been a pastor, you've been a pastor longer than I have. You've been in ministry for years. I've been in ministry uh, for, for 20 years now. And can you think of the number of people who've come to your office for counseling where their marriages were struggling because of sexual sin? Yeah. And the worst Man. part, the worst part about it is that they would not even, they would come and say, well, you know, me and my wife are having issues. And Unfortunately, it seemed like it always got back to sexual sin. Right, right. Just whether whether it was pornography, I was say, whether it was didn't have to know, be actual, an illicit affair, whether it was an emotional affair. I mean, I just think over the mm-hmm. years, the number of people that I've counseled that in some way, their souls were being destroyed yes. by sexual sin. And I remember, I mean, over the years, I've had couples come in and said, you know, you've probably never heard anything like this before, Pastor. <laughs> you ever heard that one? Oh my heavens, yes, uh, Pastor. This one, this one's gonna be a doozy. Oh uh, yeah, come on, bring it. I yeah. promise you, I've heard worse, right? Yeah. Because in your ministry, you do you hear all of, of the stories of, of brokenness and how people just make just boneheaded decisions regarding uh, this particular area. And man, and so so I know from experience, and you know from experience, right? Mm-hmm. That man, this is a big issue that we don't talk about probably enough. Mm-hmm. but an issue that, that people really struggle with. And it is very, very likely that there are those listening to this podcast today uh, who are struggling or have struggled with some sort of sexual sin because it's pervasive. Oh, it is. It is. And, and we live in a culture, like you were saying, I mean, I wasn't alive in the 50s or 60s or wherever you were back in the day when all that stuff was uh, happening, the sexual revolution. But, but, you know, it is pervasive in our culture. And what we as believers call sin, mm-hmm. our world calls normal and acceptable and celebrates. I was going to say, they celebrate. It's not just it's wild. acceptable. It's you know? wild. And so, so if you are a follower of Jesus, to even live out a biblical ethic regarding sexuality, you are going to receive some scorn for the way you live your life because it is completely opposed to what this world embraces and celebrates. Mm-hmm. I agree. Interesting. So I think uh, I think as we look in Proverbs, uh, I, like you said, Proverbs is is uh, saturated itself on mm-hmm. how we should perf- uh, live our lives out. Yeah. When it comes to our sexual uh, part of our, our lives, so let's look at uh, two ways that we can overcome sexual sin. Okay. I think uh, Proverbs can help us with that. All right. So the first way we're going to look at is we need to know that sexual sin is deadly. Okay. Proverbs makes that very clear, doesn't it, Trey? Deadly, as in. What? It'll destroy your soul. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, think about this. Okay. So, so Proverbs is, is written by Solomon, written mm-hmm. to whom? His son. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so Solomon is giving his son, you know, wise counsel so that his son will make wise choices and live a blessed life um, because of those wise choices, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so when you read Proverbs, you look at chapters five through seven, for example, 
five through seven, that, that's five, six, and seven, three chapters deal pretty much explicitly with sexual sin. And my grandparents would make us skip that when we had oh, yeah. No joke. No joke. Let's go to the other chapters of Proverbs. <laughs> exactly. Right? Well, yeah. it, it, but it does. It, it deals explicitly with adultery and, mm-hmm. and sexual sin. And if you read through, it's, you know, it almost sounds unfair. Because what you read over and over again is 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 Solomon talking about the wayward woman, mm-hmm. the adulteress, yes, right, and so so Solomon he he characterizes in a lot of ways women as the aggressors and men as the victim. Mm. Now, generally speaking, we know it's the other way around, yeah, right. But Solomon is writing to his son mm-hmm. and warning his son about the the folly of sexual sin. So it's really interesting to read through. So so if you were to read through five through seven, you, you might think that that Solomon is a sexist because of the way he writes it, right? But he's gotta keep in mind that he's writing to his son. Mm-hmm. He's wanting his son to make wise choices. And and so 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 let me read some of these proverbs to you from chapters five through seven. So what you see in, in these chapters is that man, there are two ways that that we're lured into sexual temptation. Right? One's pretty obvious. One is is physical attraction, mm-hmm. right? That you see someone of the opposite Opposite sex, and and there's an, a physical attraction there. So, for example, you read um, Proverbs six twenty five and twenty six. Do not desire her beauty in your heart, and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. So there you go. Solomon says to his son, "Watch out." Watch out. She, she looks beautiful. You know, she's got beautiful eyelashes, where the case may be. But watch out, right? Be careful. So it's the, the physical attraction that he warns his son against. You know, I see uh, I see what's happened in our world today is, is is the consequences have been removed. And so there is no reason, uh, people think anyway, yeah. that we are not to have sex with our girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever is going on. Uh, and and it's, with with every, all the medical, you know, even, even to the point of now AIDS, which was so feared, yeah. is now in nowhere near as feared yeah, anymore, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so there's just no consequences. And yet that's what, when you talk about the death of the soul, yeah. is that not the greatest consequence, though, yeah, whether yeah, it's a physical yeah, issue yeah, or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so Solomon talks about this physical attraction. Beware yeah. of that. But, but here's what he, he talks about even more than this physical attraction. He talks about the, the lure of the seductive woman's words. Wow. Right? Yeah, yeah let, me show, let me show you. So, for example, you come to Proverbs 5, 3. Listen to what it says. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, mm. and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Listen to this one. You come over to um, Proverbs 7, and you look, for example, at, at verse 21. Solomon says this. With much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. Mm. And you think about it, Trey. I mean, on the one hand, we, we know that, that, there, that there is this, this physical attraction, that mm. if you see someone who is attractive to you, uh, and, and if you don't you know, guard yourself, then it is, it is easy to let that physical attraction take over and go a place you should not go, right? But, but think about just conversations, mm-hmm. conversations that you have with people of the opposite sex. Yeah, It starts out innocently enough, right? But then we begin to let those conversations go further than they need to go. Mm-hmm. That that innocent conversation turns into repeated conversations. And before you know it, right, that, that person of the opposite sex that you're having that conversation with, those repeated conversations turn into maybe some flattery. Mm-hmm. That person of the opposite opposite sex begins to flatter you, maybe on, you know, the clothes you wore that right. day or, you know, your, your looks or something. And 
And all of a sudden, in the back of your mind, you might be thinking, well, I wish my spouse Ooh, would boy. flatter me in the same yeah. way that this person is flattering, right? And then, and then the conversation begins to build, and those conversations begin to get more intimate, right? After you begin to have those conversations, maybe you start talking to that person of the opposite sex about the problems you're having in your home. Mm-hmm. I wish my wife would say things to me like you're saying to me. I wish my husband would treat me the way that you're treating me. Wow. Right? And so it's words. This is what Proverbs says. Those words that that maybe they start out innocently, maybe they start out casually, but over time they go into conversations that you and I don't need to have with members of the opposite sex who are not our spouse, right? Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, you know, this conversation has turned to lust and turned to rationalization. So so it really is an intimacy issue. I mean, people are... Maybe looking for intimacy outside of their marriage, yeah. and of course that leads to yeah. the physical, yeah. which yeah. is always yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's where the, we always we always get that part of. Yeah, it. and so we yeah. end up rationalizing, right? So you yeah. you have that person of the opposite sex who, who's who's giving you the compliments, who maybe is flattering, and and you're not happy at home with your spouse, where the mm-hmm. case may be, and then in your mind you say, well, I mean, after all, doesn't God want me to be happy? Mm. I mean, I'm miserable at home. Doesn't God want me to be happy? And then before you know it, you've gone down that trail and you've found yourself in a situation you don't need to be in. And and Solomon even talks about this in Proverbs 7, verses 13 through 14. Listen to this. He talks again about the forbidden woman, and he says, She seizes and kisses him. And with bold face, she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices, and today I paid my vows. So now I have come out to meet you, to see you eagerly, and I have found you. So this is a religious woman. There you go. So we think, well, I'm in church, I'm safe, right? Not necessarily, right? I mean, and I, I mean, again, I, I want to reiterate what you said. This is this is Solomon talking to his son, but of course, this this applies to both applies, sexes, absolutely, a man or a woman, absolutely. Yeah. But 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 you see it, right? I mean, yeah. it, it just goes to show you that that none of us, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, none of us are immune from sexual temptation. And mm-hmm. this forbidden woman comes out to Solomon, or Solomon sees this happening, right? He talks about it to his son, hey. She's going to come out, and she's going to say, man, I paid my vows. I made my – she's going to sound so religious, but yeah. deep in her heart is a desire to entice you mm-hmm. and draw you into sin, right? That's right. So, That's so, right. so, you know, Solomon deals with physical attraction. That's a real issue, right? But there's also just this issue of words, mm-hmm. seductive speech, where maybe you found yourself in some conversations that started out innocently enough, but before you know it, you know, you've, you've gone down a road that you do not need to go down. So, so, so the, really the, the wisdom here is one, especially if you're married, right? Mm-hmm. For all of us, but especially if you're married and guard your relationships, guard your relationship with your spouse. So if we don't want to get in this situation, we need you to start with guarding guard that relationship. your relationship, yeah. right? Okay. So you think about, you know, and, and you and I are aware of this and, and many who are listening are aware of this as well. What, what, what we call the Billy Graham rule. <laughs> Yeah. Remember Mike Pence here recently? Yeah. He, got he got ridiculed for, for that, didn't he? Uh, adhering to the Billy Graham rule. But, man, it, I don't know, Trey. I think it's a great rule, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and, and, and even for me as a, a pastor and as a follower of Jesus, you know, I don't want to find myself alone for a length of time with a woman uh, other than my wife. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take a car ride with a woman of the opposite sex. I don't want to go out to lunch with a woman of the opposite sex. I don't want to put myself in a position where I am alone with a member of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I just think that's wise, right? That's guarding my relationship with my wife, mm-hmm. right? I agree. I agree. I mean, you, you just got to be careful about that, right? Or, you know, you, you think about um, uh, being careful 
about what you share with members of the opposite sex. I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't talk to people of the opposite sex. I mean, that, that's ludicrous, right? But, but, but in those conversations, being careful. Like, I, I don't want to share with a member of the opposite sex you know, details about the problems I might have in my marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or things that I wish my wife would do, or whatever the case may be. I, I don't need to be sharing that sure. with, with members of the opposite sex. I mean, maybe I need to share it with a counselor or one of, my, one of my buddies, you know, but not with a member of the opposite sex. I don't need to do that. And so, so for me, those kinds of things are, are helping me to guard my relationship with my wife, right? Not only guard my relationships, but guard my eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I think, what, what Solomon's getting to when he talks about, you know, uh, uh, the physical attraction uh, that, that lures in, um, you know, his son or can lure in his son. And so, so, man, just think about what Job said. Job said in, in Proverbs 31.1, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? Mm-hmm. Right? Made a covenant. I, I'm going to make a conscious decision not to let my eyes wander. Mm-hmm. And that's an issue today, right? Because pornography is so prevalent i was gonna say that leads right into the pornography yeah, issue yeah and, and you know you think about it and and i i am certain that there are people who are listening to this today that struggle with pornography mm-hmm. right somebody listening right now right now yeah. because reality is i mean uh, in, in surveys that have been done over 50 percent of christian families have someone in their home that struggle with pornography over 50 percent. and so it's, it's not just a problem outside of the church it's a huge problem Within the church, mm-hmm. on any given Sunday morning, when I stand up to, to preach the Word of God, I know that I am looking at people who are struggling with pornography. Yeah. Because it's pervasive, right? And it's so accessible, right? And so, so just undering, understanding it, man, you've got to guard your relationships and you've got to guard your eyes because, because pornography is just as destructive to your soul, mm-hmm. right? Oh, as having an illicit affair with someone in person. It just is, right? Especially with kids, I think we need to, you know, as, as parents, we need to make sure that they are guarded from that. Yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, it's it's almost, it's so pervasive, and you've been there, I've been there, where you pop up an, an email and something's on there. Yeah, yeah. Now, you can turn away from it, and I, and I and I do, but the idea is it's so easy with that button just to click, say, well, I wonder what that is. That's absolutely right. And can right. you imagine our seven-year-old child or uh, and in that situation? Yeah. And I know they are, which is... Uh, we got to be so careful on how we teach careful. them. Got to be careful. And, and you think about it, all, all this to say that the reason why we guard our relationships, the reason why we guard our eyes is because this stuff does destroy. Yeah. It does. Listen to what, what Solomon says. He says um, to his son in, in Proverbs chapter 5, starting in, in verse 8, Keep your way far from her. Do not go near the door of her house lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless, lest the strangers take their fill of your strength and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And at the end of your life, you groan when your flesh and body are consumed. Mm. Listen to this one. This is really interesting. You come to, to uh, Proverbs chapter 7 and you look at verses 21 through 23. With much seductive speech, she persuades him. With a smooth talk, she compels him. Listen, all at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver as a bird rushes into a snare. He does not know that it will cost him his life. Pretty powerful. Yeah. I mean, Solomon is saying to his son, this stuff, man, if you give in to this wayward woman, if you follow in her ways, if you give in to sexual sin, it will ultimately destroy you. And, and if you come back to Proverbs 5 and you look at what he says here in these verses 8 through 10, man, it will cost you your reputation, right? Mm-hmm. Think about it, right? Lest you give your honor to others. Honor cost, is gone. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. 
costs you your reputation. It, it costs you your time, mm-hmm. right? It costs you your resources, your labor. Go to the house of a foreigner at the end of your life. Consume. It costs you your, your, your reputation, your time, your resources. It's going to cost it all. It really does destroy you. Sexual sin, whether you realize it or not, it is absolutely deadly. And I know this, that there are people who are listening that they are feeling right now the destructiveness of mm-hmm. sexual sin. Of course they are. Yeah. 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 And so, so, so the solution then is run. That- Get away, right? <laughs> Flee. I mean, that's what Proverbs says. Proverbs 5, yeah. 8 again. Keep your way far from her. Keep away, right? Yeah. Run. Stay away from it. Or you come to Proverbs 6, 27. Listen to what it says. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Mm. That, that if you are giving in to lust, right? If you're not guarding your relationships, not guarding your eyes, you are playing with fire. It mm. will burn you. Stay away from the fire. Run. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what that looks late. like for, for everybody listening to this. It might look different for different people, but 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 still the same. Run, right? Whether that means, you know, uh, you have to put internet filters on your computer or, you know, accountability partners, whatever it looks like for you, run. Because if you don't run from this stuff, it will destroy you. Mm-hmm. Now, the world won't tell you that. Exactly. The world will tell you, embrace it. If you know, ever. live and let live. Do what you want to do. Whatever feels right, do it, right? But that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says it will flat out kill you. Now run away from that and run to Christ as Absolutely. hard as you possibly can. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to number two. Yeah, uh, you also say that fight uh, sexual temptation by having your most important relationships in order. Yeah, so so if we're going to overcome sexual temptation, it's first knowing that sexual sin will destroy you. And so since we know it will destroy us, secondly, we fight sexual temptation by having our most important relationships in order. Mm-hmm. The most important relationship you have, obviously, is your relationship with Jesus. Of course. Right? Listen to what Proverbs 7 says on this. Proverbs 7 says in verse 4 and 5, Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call insight your intimate friend to keep you from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, right? Mm-hmm. So Solomon's saying that, that wisdom is your friend. Mm-hmm. Wisdom will keep you from making dumb choices regarding sexuality, right? So, so we know that ultimately wisdom is not, you know, a philosophy, Wisdom is a person, a person. Jesus Christ, exactly. right? Jesus is wisdom himself. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so if you're going to fight sexual temptation, it's having your relationships in order. First, it's the vertical relationship, the vertical relationship you have with Jesus. The more you pursue Jesus, the more you're going to understand and not only understand, but long for the ethic that he presents for us in scripture mm-hmm. regarding sexuality. The more you know Jesus, the more you're going to understand why Jesus designed sexuality in the first place. It's a celebration inside of marriage between a man and a woman of oneness. Mm-hmm. That, that in a marriage relationship, when, when, when a husband and wife are, are sexually intimate, they are, they are experiencing and expressing the covenant relationship that God has allowed them to be in. It's a picture of oneness, mm-hmm. right? That two have become one. And so anything outside of that, right, anything outside of that, it, it, it belittles the design of God, that God has a very specific purpose for sexuality, and it's to express that oneness, right? And so, so the more you pursue Christ, the more you're going to understand why he designed sexuality, and the more you're going to long for that, the beauty of it inside of a relationship with your spouse, mm-hmm. right? And so pursue Jesus, right? 
Pursue wisdom. Wisdom is a person. Wisdom is Jesus. Get that relationship with Jesus right, because when you get that relationship with Jesus right, you're going to long for what Jesus wants for you in regards to sexuality. So this idea of having a passionate relationship with Christ really does matter, even when it comes to our sexuality. Would you agree with that statement? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So it's pursuing Jesus, and if you're married, it's pursuing your spouse. Amen to that. I mean, right? And and I, we, Stacey and I, uh, we celebrated our 12th anniversary this past weekend. You and Kelly have been married, what, 75 years? Y'all been married a long time. 38, I think. 38, right? Yeah. So you've been married a long time. And, and we know it. It's, it's easy to get into a rut, sure, right? Sure, It's easy to take your spouse for granted. I mean, I'm guilty of those things. I'm sure you are, too, from time to time, Trey. But, man, pursue your spouse. Amen. Pursue your spouse. I mean, listen. Listen carefully to what, what Solomon says, because this this is real good. You, you come down and you look, for example, in... Uh, Proverbs chapter 7. I got to find it, Trey. Where did it go? Oh, man, I'm having a hard time. Oh, here it is. I'm sorry. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15. Listen to what the Bible says. Drink from the waters, and you know this passage, drink from the water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman? And embrace the bosom of an adulteress. For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his past. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he is held fast in the cords of his sin. He dies for lack of discipline. And because of his great folly, he is led astray. And so Solomon says to his son, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense to pursue the adulterous woman when you know what you got at home. Amen. Right? The wife Amen. of your youth. That's right. Kelly is still the wife of your youth. No, I agree. Years ago, wife. you made a decision to be in a covenant relationship with her. That's exactly right. Years ago, I made a decision to be in a covenant relationship with my wife. She is the wife of my youth. And so Solomon says, with wisdom, right? Be intoxicated in her love. Mm-hmm. Pursue your spouse that God has given you. Right? Yeah, don't take her for granted. Don't take her for granted. I mean, you know, going. one of the commitments I made when I came to church yeah. here on staff is that I would go on dates with my wife. Yeah. And uh, we had just kind of done it along and along, but I just felt like that needed to be a weekly thing right, for me. Right. So that's exactly what I did. So Part of All it right. is realizing, I'm sorry, part of it is realizing that your spouse, whether you realize it or not, is a gift from God. Amen to that. I mean, I, and I think that's what, what, it, what it boils down to, Trey, is oftentimes I forget my spouse is a gift. I don't deserve the wife that God has given me. Mm. You probably don't deserve the wife oh. that God has given you either. And so every day I need a reminder that my wife is a gift, mm-hmm. a precious gift, a gift that I need to handle with care, right? And so I, if I'm going to overcome sexual temptation, I've got to see my wife as a gift. I've got to pursue her, pursue Jesus, and as I pursue my wife and pursue Jesus, I'm going to see the gift that he's given me, and I'm going to understand, right? I'm going to understand the wonderful plan for sexuality that God has for my life. So if we're going to be what God, who God wants us to be, then all we have to have is just willpower, right? That's all it takes. We don't yeah. have to, you know, we don't have to have any more than that, or is there something else involved there? Oh, well, it's Jesus, right? We need the Spirit living inside of us and constantly reminding us of the truth and the beauty of Christ and, and what he has planned for every area of lives of our lives, including our sexuality. It, by willpower, you're never going to make it, right? Mm-hmm. You, 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 it's not. But with the Spirit of God living inside of you, the scriptural ethic for sexuality 
can be lived out in you as you allow the Spirit to work in you, mm. reminding you of these truths that you see in His Word. So ultimately, only Jesus can give you the heart that you need to have in in when it comes to sexuality. Well, I've heard people say, "I, I could never do that," and yeah. without a changed heart, that's there's exactly just no right. way to You've do it. You've got to have a changed heart, a changed heart that only Jesus can bring about. Amen, amen. Well, brother, this has been very a uh, great way to look at how we need to have our sexual purity intact and in order. And uh, I think that uh, people need to hear this now more than ever, Yeah, especially what we've gone through with COVID. And so uh, as someone is sitting out there and they're just saying, well, if I'm going to start the process, because yeah. uh, we have people that have, have fallen during this time, mm. if I'm going to start the process back, where do I start? Being honest with yourself, mm-hmm. right? Being honest about the sins that you've committed, mm-hmm. confessing those to God and repenting of those sins, and then beginning to live the kind of life that Jesus wants you to live. And so for many who are listening to this podcast episode today, it really does start with repentance before God. Mm-hmm. God, I have made a mess of this, but you love me, you're gracious and you're kind, and you will forgive me. So I'm asking for your forgiveness. Now teach me how to live out what the Bible says about sexuality. I mean, that's, that's where it's got to begin, repentance, being honest with yourself about your own sin and turning from that sin. It's and that, watch God do a work of grace and healing in your life. And the beginning is that simple. The beginning it? is that simple. Yeah. That doesn't mean, you know, uh, it, it's not going to take time to, mm-hmm. to work through issues mm-hmm. and to, you know, work through the consequences of sin and all those kind of things, but, but it's simple to ask God forgiveness, Amen. and he will forgive. Amen. Well, Pastor Tommy, this has been great. Well, why don't you close us and... Uh, and we'll be ready for next week. Yeah, so we know that this is a topic that's a little bit dicey. So hopefully this has been helpful for you today, encouraging for you today. And we do hope that as you have listened to this, that the Holy Spirit has been at work in your life, pointing you to a better way to live when it comes to sexuality. And so so if this has been helpful for you today, go ahead and hit that subscribe button uh, on your podcast service so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. And if you would leave us a five-star review on your podcast service, we would appreciate that. That helps us get the word out about this podcast and as always we hope that today's episode has helped you connect faith to life